I don't read your notes beforehand because I think it's funnier this way. Right. Hello and welcome to the Magic Wings Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series, Wings Club. I'm Brendan, Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today we are watching Season 2, Episode 8, Party Crasher. The original Italian title is Mood Breaker and aired May 12th of 2005, while the 4Kids dub title is Party Monster and aired on October 29th of 2005, which I believe means that for four kids, this is our Halloween episode. Spooky! Alright, so, just a reminder that if you like what you hear uh, with us today, you can follow us on Twitter at MagicWinksPod. Uh, you can email us at MagicWinksClubhouse at gmail.com, the name of this podcast at gmail.com. And with that, with those socials plugged, uh, Tess, hit us off. Our episode opens at Red Fountain, which expository dialogue tells us is finally ready to reopen after being sacked in last year's battle with the tricks. Uh, this reopening comes with a party, because as we mentioned last time on this show, we adore party scenes here. Oh no, Bloom, remember what happened the last time there was a party at Red Fountain? You almost caused an international incident. Mm. The Winks and the Pixies are here, accompanied by Avalon, Myrta, and some background students, and they chat about the state of the building a little bit. Avalon excuses himself to go meet with the Red Fountain professors and leaves the girls to their own devices. He hits Coda Torta's name real Italian in the Cineloom dub. Coda Torta. Pretty much. Uh, we also learned that some students from Cloud Tower have been invited when a few witches walk by, including Lucy. You remember Lucy, right? The the most distinctive character design on the show, Lucy. Murda tries to get Lucy's attention, but Lucy ignores her because their breakup was really messy. Musa asks the others if they think the witches will cause trouble, but Bloom points out that the tricks aren't with them anymore. Just in time for three NPC witches with very distinct character designs walk by. Since this show can't seem to keep a secret for a moment, they immediately talk amongst themselves, revealing that they are the Tricks in Disguise, here to find a piece of the Codex that is kept in Red Fountain. Now remind me, did did we get it? Did the was the Codex explained last episode? And I just forgot. I don't remember. I'm sure it was, but no, it wasn't. Last week, uh, Faragonda gave the uh, the special pixies some uh pretty cure collectible items so this is the first we're hearing of the codex ah which is constantly repeated as a proper noun and just to spell it out up top uh the codex is this season's MacGuffin. they need to collect all four pieces of it to get the special secret power of the realm of relix so that again dark can become unto a god as you do uh, also, their disguises are kind of cute. I love them. Like, Stormy's in this sailor uniform, and Icy's got, like, a kind of a 
early 2000s club look with her uh, cropped puffy jacket and her jeans, but Darcy is dressed as Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> but like Jackie Kennedy, if she was also Bayonetta. That was a thing, right? So as the Winks hang out in on the uh, school's grounds, Chatta verbally elbows Flora to check out the boys, since she's interested in getting Flora hooked up. The specialists enter the scene as soon as the word boys is mentioned and welcome the <laughs> girls to Red Fountain. Brandon and Stella have a kind of a cute moment where they compare notes on how many people have checked them out since they got there, since they know they are both attractive people and don't seem to get jealous very easy. Uh, Stella has 26, Brandon 29. Congratulations, you won! You're both very attractive. Yeah. Uh, Bloom asks if they're going to be heading to the arena for the celebration, and I got very confused here. Because they say they're not going to the arena, but then they do go to the arena. So what is the answer? What is the So what is the truth? I'm not sure. It's weird. But they, they go to the... They, they do go to the arena, and apparently there is some big surprise that they are keeping under wraps to show everyone who has come to attend this celebration. Sky uh, asks Bloom if she's free for a date tomorrow when they both have a free period in the morning. And Bloom accepts before realizing that her first class with Avalon is that afternoon and she wants to study beforehand. So she backs out of the date. In Four Kids, um, Sky again asks for a date. Bloom says that she needs to work on a paper for Avalon's class. And actually, the running off, which I think I actually interrupted you for because I wanted to remember this, um, was her trying to get his approval, trying to find him to get his approval for her topic. Which he really should do longer than before like the day before maybe that, not now uh unfortunately our suspicions about a new romance drama subplot are quickly being confirmed Be- because sky is feeling some type of way as bloom prints off to let avalon know where they're going oh no she better don't we also briefly cut to the tricks who are going to start their search for red fountain's codex piece at the old teacher's quarters so the Winks and the Specialists head out into the arena, which I guess, yeah, things are happening here. And we get an establishing shot of a very pretty boy doing calligraphy sketches of birds off to the side. Are the pigeons the surprise? <laughs> yes. Surprise. Sky rats. Yeah. Uh, Stella notices him because her attractive boy radar has a passive range of 60 feet. And when she asks who he is... Timmy lets us know that he is Headmaster Saladin's nephew. Um, also, real real quick, the entire episode, they say Saladin? Yeah, they're really hitting that hard. Um, what I have to say about Helia being his nephew is either his parents are really old, or Saladin's sibling is way younger than he is. It could- it, it's very possible. Um... When Flora asks if this means he's a specialist as well, we learn that he's something of a pacifist who doesn't like getting his hands dirty. And Timmy mentions hearing that he dropped out of Red Fountain at some point. Brandon gives us his name, Helia, and he introduces Helia to uh, one half of the Winks. (laughs) 
Because he's an artist, Stella immediately commits the faux pas of asking to see his sketchbook, and Techna and Digit immediately start shilling Adobe products since digital media is so much more handy. Um, Stella, be careful. You're going to see the commissions he does. <laughs> In, um... Four kids, Digit says that her cousin sells digital art pads and can get him a good deal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Do you work by commission now? Yeah, she's the Wacom lady. Oh, no. Helios today is completely straight-faced and hands over the sketchbook so the girls can look at it, all while keeping it in sight, in case they leave back too far and learn he's into circles. Stella manages to get a good look at his sketches of the birds before committing the other, meeting an artist's sin, asking if he can draw her. At least in Four Kids, she has the decency to say that she would like to commission him to do her royal portrait and that she will have her people contact his people. Flora compliments the dynamics of his line work and how the brushwork meshes with the texture of the paper. Helia is impressed that she noticed the detail, a fern leaf in the sketchpad's sheets, and Chatta and Amore look absolutely thrilled as they realize what the show is setting up. In a brief cutaway, Bloom rushes up the stairs on the side of the Red Fountain Castle looking for Avalon, and has a brief run-in with the disguised tricks. After they confirm they haven't seen the professor, Bloom bolts off, and Icy comments that they had better lay low for the time being. Um, there is also a weird animation edit error at some point with the tricks on this on the um whatever the wind is blowing and darcy's little tendrils kind of flit off of her head yeah so bloom bolt uh bloom rejoins with the rest of the wings of the arena where they are watching some sick hoverbike stunts uh uh code name for riding in circles uh the boys have left at this point to get ready for their part and whatever this big surprise is so which is Going to be revealed now. Coda Torta and Saladin stop the bike tricks and address the crowd, and after a brief inspirational speech, Saladin casts a spell that levels the old Red Fountain Castle, and the new, improved Red Fountain facility rises from the dust. Which is a, like, futuristic hovering tower, which is pretty sick, honestly. I see even more money has been funneled into sports, leaving the arts struggling. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, how many people do you think got, like, altitude nosebleeds or, like, had their ears pop because of how fast they were shoved into the air? I don't know, because they all seem to still be sitting in the bleachers that were there. So I guess the arena they were in was not the same one as in the old school, because this is the one that's on top of the new facility. Also, it appears to be floating? Yeah, this it, it floats. It's a sci-fi uh, tower school now. Uh, oh, cool. That's, uh, that's some fire safety problems right there. <laughs> Which will be seen shortly. Uh, the time has come for the celebratory parade, and a horde of dragons is unleashed onto the arena. Salami wings! With uh, specialist riders to keep them from running amok. Uh, meanwhile, the tricks stand in the rubble of the castle, uh, because I guess they weren't affected by all of that. And <laughs> Darkar appears to them as a shadow, demanding to know why they're just standing around. As he points out, they haven't found anything yet. 
He orders them to fly to the new building, since it would make more sense for the Codex Shard to have been transferred to the new facility, and mentions he is sending a new shadow monster called the Grekthroat to serve as a distraction while they search for the Codex. One, that not monster name is kind of gross. And two, something I forgot to mention earlier that I'm probably not going to keep in, but when the tricks went up to, like, the place that they were exploring first, there were just a couple of guards there. What are they doing? Yeah, Bread Fountain has guards now. Don't question it. Okay. Uh, On the grounds of Red Fountain, the Winks, Sans, Musa, and Aisha, who've gone to get some snacks, are relaxing between the races, with Tecna and Digit playing another round of their video game. My favorite game, Green! (laughs) It's it's like a virtual boy, but if you projected the screen instead of putting on a headset that blinded you. It's another Nintendo nightmare! Uh... Brandon and Timmy come to get them so they can see Sky and Riven's one-on-one match, presumably to the death unless Saladin gives a thumbs up, and Tecna tells them to go on without her since she and Digit are playing a best two out of three. Timmy looks disappointed because I guess we need more romantic drama, and we do a fade over to Musa and Aisha. They're chatting about music and dancing, with Aisha getting to bust a few moves and Darcy strolls by in her disguise. Uh, Musa criticals her perception check and instantly sees through the ruse, and Darcy runs off into the nearby woods. Smooth. <laughs> Aisha and Musa throw their drinks aside and give chase. So Digit ends up winning the game that she and Techno were playing, and Techno complains that Digit apparently used some sort of un- underhanded tricks to win. So based on what happens next, the game they were playing is one where you write a piece of software. So I don't know how you win at that, or how you make a competition. Tisha counters that she used the most logical route to victory, and because Tecna is a sore loser, she decides it would be best to see if the software even works. So she puts on an Oculus headset and jacks into the Matrix, where she and Virtual Timmy parkour their way through a cyberpunk city until Digit forcibly ends the program, presumably because they started kissing as they were falling, and she didn't want to see where that was headed. In Four Kids, uh, this is apparently a dream that Tecna is showing to Digit. And they cut it off right before the kiss because fuck you. Uh, Papa Four Kids said no kissing. (laughs) Not in my watch. Uh, Meanwhile, Darcy is sprinting through the crowd with Aisha and Musa giving chase. (laughs) Real quick, uh, Toon was holding a little cup of tea while following them. That's very cute. That's very good. Uh, so they bowl Tecna over. When they stop to help her up, they ask if she saw anyone run by. Of course, Tecna and Digit haven't seen anything out of the ordinary, and finds it hard to believe that one of the tricks would come to Red Fountain on her own. Muse admits she didn't get a good look at Darcy's face, but she did still ran. She did still ran. She did still. <laughs> she, she ran so far away. She did still run when Muse accused her of being Darcy. And uh, Aisha reasons that if it really was Darcy, she'll show up sooner or later. And Musa agrees to keep her eyes open before prompting them to go find the other Winks. At Darkar's castle in the Underdark, he uses a spell on Kerbog to transform it into the Gak Throat. Uh, there were fake Chinese characters as part of this spell. Did you notice that? I just thought they were vague mystical symbols. They very specifically look like Hansi to me. Oh, no. Or there might not actually be, but something that's trying to mimic that look. 
probably because he's a phoenix, but that is still not great. Uh, turns out the, uh, Grackthroat is a Pokemon <laughs> winged lion with snakes for heads. Snake. It's a manticore. Except with a snake for a tail instead of a scorpion tail. And it has snake hands. Its hands don't end in hands. They, its arms end in snake. Which I'm pretty sure is, it's just a mega hydragon. <laughs> uh, my entire note is just, it's just a manticore. Uh. After bowing before Darkar, it takes flight, smashing through a cave wall to the open air and making a beeline for Red Fountain. Speaking of, Sky and Riven are gladiator fighting! Uh, Riven uses a smoke bomb as part of the maneuver, which is apparently a legal move as long as it's not toxic gas. Which, sure, I guess? Sky ends up knocking Riven down to fill the wind condition, first of all loses, and Riven complains that it must be so easy for Sky since she no doubt had the best private instruction money can buy. I mean, if he did, that's valid, but Riven has to be bitter, I guess. Uh, Sky counters that he couldn't beat Riven without putting in the work, which doesn't invalidate Riven's complaint, and Riven storms off. Very unsportsmanlike Riven, tut tut. And now it's time for Brandon's match. I, I, I love the the threat or like the complaint being, well, you got taught better than I did. And? <laughs> so Brandon prepares to enter the ring with a senior specialist who fights with a glaive. Sky gives him some tactical advice, but the sky darkens and the grack throat makes its appearance. Oh, no. Also, maybe don't strategize ten feet away from the guy. It's an exhibition match anyway. But, but yeah, Sky was just like, try to attack him from above because the sun will block blind him when he looks up. And it's like, I can hear you, you guys. Uh, also, he uses a pole arm. That's a reach weapon. Yeah, he has superior reach compared to Brandon's broadsword. <laughs> we're two idiots who have no have never been in a fist fight before in our lives we need to stop talking about this yeah um so manticore smashes part of this stadium with its tail the girls transform to fight it and Kodatorta commands the specialists to evacuate civilians while a couple of the aforementioned guards which now uh, exist rush into the stadium to help out stormy uses this distraction as her opportunity to ditch her disguise to, and break into the school with Icy and Darcy following suit. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, stadium floating right now, not the best idea for evacuation. I gotta say, though, Icy does the really cool thing where she freezes the pane of glass and then just, like, shatters it. And Stormy just throws a lightning bolt at it. Uh, one of these two witches is walking away from this covered in lacerations. You work with what you have... I like to imagine Darcy did the Catwoman thing where she, like, cut a circle out of the pane of glass. Or she just went intangible, because she can do that, too. Uh, none of the Winx's spells work against the Manticore. And Kodatorta rides in on one of Red Fountain's dragons with a few other dragon riders to serve as backup. Timmy directs civilians, and one of the guards rushes up to him and informs him that two of the windows were broken. One by ice magic, one by lightning magic, and Timmy realizes that the tricks must be responsible. Uh, he contacts Kodatorta, who informs Saladin that the tricks are active, and that uh, Saladin 
uh, deduces that they are after the Codex fragment held at the school. And that, given reports about their power-ups, he decides to take some senior specialists and Codatorta to go deal with the tricks themselves, uh, leaving Sky in charge of fighting the Manticore. Uh, In 4Kids, when the guard runs up to Timmy, the guard's like, Timmy, I have a message for you. Holds out his hand, which has nothing in it, by the way, and Timmy's like, oh no! Oh, but there was something in his hand in the Cinelume dub. You know what it was? The creases of his glove? Broken glass. <laughs> Timmy, use your scrying powers to read what I'm saying from this pane of glass. It was like, a. I guess it was to demonstrate, like, look, this one is purple and this one is blue. Therefore, it must be ice and lightning magic. Oh, no. Um, uh, returning... Bringing ourselves back to the manticore, Flora proposes that the girls attempt to do a scissor maneuver to catch it off guard from above and below at the same time. But since its tail has a head of its own, it seems to overhear them. When Flora flies up to attack, it spins around and launches some- God damn it, Brendan! I don't do this on purpose. I don't do this on purpose so that you read these parts. I know you don't, and that makes it funnier. And launches some kind of slime at her. I read that as it's slobber. Which disorients, her, which disorients her enough that it goes in to finish her off with a bite. Uh, memento mori by our dolls. Before it's restrained by laser ropes from off screen. Sky recognizes that it's an attempt to make the manticore fight against its own strength. And the camera pans over to reveal that it was Helia's maneuver. Ha ha! He has a... A, a glove that shoots like Spider-Man laser ropes. Sky and Brandon speculate on how a dropout could pull off a maneuver like that, and apparently Helio was a top student before he decided to leave Red Fountain and go to art school and be a huge nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing that kills me. It's like they've made it clear that he It's not that he dropped out, it's that he left. He doesn't want to fight. Yeah, that doesn't mean he doesn't know how. And he apparently clearly does. Also, may I point out in a way that technically fulfills his uh, uh, path of nonviolence because he's making it fight itself. Uh, Helium makes sure that Flora's okay before he recalls his strings. Flora's there just kind of like, oh, he's hot and saved me. Yeah, Flora has the doki doki. And everyone questions what exactly he was thinking by, you know, letting the manticore go. He doesn't answer and instead walks out of the arena. Oh, hey, scrying. Uh, there is a brief scene here with a very a fed of a sefa 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 sefa. There is a brief scene here where a set of very familiar hands uses uses a spell to scry on Kotatorta and Saladin while Darkar cackles. Uh, because, you know, this show is nothing but heavy-handed uh, with its foreshadowing. You cut back to the Winks and the Specialists, where they coordinate another attack. This one is going to depend on the Specialists, since magic doesn't seem to work. Cinnaloom Bloom's Canadian comes out when she says magic is useless against the monster. Haha. <laughs> Sky suggests they do what Helia did, using other rope targeting the same areas, and Riven has a weird macho posturing moment where he says he's going to beat Sky. How? In four kids, Riven just has a good idea, and Sky's like, 
you're on. The girls look just as confused as we feel, and the guys mount the dragon so they can distract the manticore. So Tekna coordinates with some uh, ba- unnamed background specialists, and she's got like a 360 monitor set up. Uh, these specialists use larger and presumably more powerful laser generators to lash onto the manticore, which holds stable for the time being. Uh, Saladin and Coda Torta make their way down one of the hallways, heading towards the codex. Coda Torta asks if they should send a detachment to deal with the tricks, which is what I thought we were doing here, but maybe not. But Saladin's rationale is that since they're after the Codex, the tricks will come to them, which shows that Icy is indeed about ten feet behind them like a Scooby-Doo monster. We cut back topside where the Manticore breaks free of the laser ropes, but Flora conjures vines to hold it long enough that Techna calculates the Zelda Boss weak point, which is located under its throat. Uh, explains the name Grack Throat, I guess. The specialists go in for the kill, and I'm still not sh- quite sure what happened. They just raise their swords up. And the uh, Grack Throat explodes like a Power Rangers monster, with Kerbog flying out of the explosion and fleeing the scene. Saladin and Kodatorta reach the super secret codex rooms at her chambers. Uh, since nobody can get to the Codex without going through this area. The guards they take their positions, and I see spies from behind a conveniently placed pillar. There are too many guards at the moment for her to take on alone, but she now knows exactly where she needs to go to reach the Codex, and tactically retreats, presumably to find the other two tricks. Uh, she just says curses underneath her breath and dips. I, because she's a, she's, a, she's a Saturday morning cartoon villain, she has to say curses. Meanwhile, I would I would imagine that uh, the Italian version loosely translates to "damn it." <laughs> After the mayhem, the Winks and specialists relax in a courtyard, while Avalon congratulates Bloom on the group's work today. Uh, he claims he would have helped, but he was evacuated with the other civilians when the Manticore attacked even though he's a known paladin, but whatever. Uh, Bloom buys his excuse and claims that the fact that he's safe is all that matters. Sky, who can overhear this conversation, mutters that it really is all that matters to her. A paper airplane floats through the courtyard and lands at Flora's feet, and she unfolds it to see a sketch of her. Apparently, Helia decided to draw her instead of Stella, because Flora didn't ask. In Shadowhaunt, the tricks kneel before Darkar, and Icy apologizes for not reaching the Codex on time. Darkar calls them fools, but acknowledges that now they at least know where it is located inside of the school. He decides that for now, they will bide their time so the specialists drop their guard, and once that happens, he will launch an assault on Red Fountain to claim the fragment. Or, of course, you could just have Darcy use her illusions to sneak in there and grab it, but we need to get more uh, episode count out of the season. And that is where the episode ends. Uh, yeah, that was certainly an episode. All right, so you started, so I get to pick the best first. And my best for this episode is going to be the monster design. Even if it was only one color, it still looked cool. My best? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to the manticore as well. Uh, my worst for this episode is the, uh, Bloom Sky Avalon drama. It, it, she has a crush on her teacher, Sky, that doesn't mean anything. 
Also, uh, just a PSA that when you meet an artist, never ask to look through their sketchbook and never ask them to draw you. That's rude. I have two worsts. They're both kind of jokey, unfortunately. Okay. Um, one is Helia's voice. He sounds 35. Uh, he has he is a basso profundo. And um, there is actually one shot where this, we see the back of Riven's hair. It's like he's wearing a hat of hair. Oh, like like Brendan from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. Hair hat. Oh, no. A wig, if you will. Uh, my MVP is I'm going to give it to Dark R uh, for coming up with a very well executed plan, even if it didn't go off exactly as they imagined. And being a pretty reasonable evil mastermind regarding his minion shortcomings. Um, I will agree with you because I cannot think of what I wanted to have it be. Um, I do have a what the four kids moment. All right. In four kids, when the tricks are actually starting to go into the school, they have backstories now. <laughs> so... Darcy is apparently Princess Fifi, or Beefy. I couldn't tell you which one. I, too, am Princess Beefy. (laughs) Stormy is her stepsister, Missy, and Icy just doesn't have a name. Did they forget? I also believe that uh, they're from the realm of Dorkatron or something like that. An honorable mention goes to um, when the stadium is being reformed uh bloom says they could have just cut a ribbon oh uh here's actually the winx club wiki explains this uh in the cinelum and four kids dubs it uh helia is saladin's nephew but apparently in the original italians uh he is saladin's grandson okay i mean that uh it's a weird translation error. So, thank you for joining us today on the Magic Winks Clubhouse. Please join us next time for the very ominously titled Professor Avalon's Secret, which I believe is the episode that contains the four kids dub induced plot hole. I wonder if Helia ever uses his glove to swing around. I, I would use it to Spider-Man about. Meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winx. Winx, if your hand is holding mine. We can fly through space and time. And together we'll be surefire winners. Winx, with a smile you can enchant. You light up our world. We'll fly the moonlit sky together. Hey, Cal. Buddy. Dude. Cat. Bubbo. Kitty. Okay, bye. Tell him I love him.